Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Indians 5, the Minnesota Twins 3. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And we were walking it off yesterday at the corner of Carnegie in Ontario. It was a walk-off home run for Cesar Hernandez. The first runs the Indians scored since the second inning, and it gives the Indians a 5-3 win over the Minnesota Twins. A much, much needed bounce-back win after Friday night's debacle. Uh, you know, I didn't even mention this, but the fact that the Twins played that doubleheader in L.A. and then, like, got in at, like, 5 in the morning to Cleveland, probably completely jet-lagged, and the Indians are the team sitting here in Cleveland with a day off, you know, their belly's full from a home-cooked meal, and the fact that the Twins were the ones that went out and dominated was just, that's how bizarre baseball is. Just when you think you know what's going to happen, the opposite happens. So the Indians do it, uh, they do it behind Shane Bieber, who did not have his best stuff. I mean, he pretty much labored through five and a third innings. He threw 101 pitches in just over five innings. Only six strikeouts uh, for him. One walk, so he was able to cut down on the walks yesterday, but he did give up three runs. They did tie the game against him, so he gets a no decision. The win yesterday actually goes to Karinczak. Karinczak, who pitched the... Uh, Pitched the 10th. He pitched to one batter in the 9th and then pitched the 10th. So Karinczak gets the win, 2-0 on the season for Karinczak. Um, So, yeah, so Shane Bieber, he fights. Even in his bad starts, he fights. But we're going to get into all these details here. The first thing I want to talk about is the Indians' offense because they they managed to string together eight hits, a lot of those hits coming late in the game. They explode out of the gate, really, with three runs in the first two innings, and then just nothing, just nothing. And any time they got a guy on base, a ground ball was the end of it. The ground ball ended so many innings here. So, obviously, first two guys get out. Jose Ramirez gets hit by a pitch. Vermeil Reyes, first pitch swinging, takes a home run out to, I believe it was out to right center field, 109.3 mile per hour exit velocity, 424, 970 expected batting average. Where is that not a home run, a 424 shot? Uh, so Fermil Reyes has really dominated Kenta Mejida, uh, and he swings at the first pitch against him all the time. It's, um, it's insane uh, what he does against Mejida. Uh, Mejida would finally get him in a strikeout in his next at-bat. But yeah, big man Fermil Reyes going deep. And unfortunately, his third at-bat against Mejida, he pulled a muscle in his back, in his ribs, wherever it is, in his left side. And it was a scream you could hear from the upper deck. And it's not looking great. This morning, there's still no definitive report on how injured he is, how out he is. Um, but yeah, Fermil Reyes is probably going to go on the IL, probably going to miss some time, and it's going to open up an opportunity. I mean, you don't want to see Fermil Reyes get hurt, but when your DH goes down, it's going to create an opportunity for somebody in AAA. Now, who's on the watch down there right now? 
It's got to be Owen Miller, who's just hitting the cover off the ball, was hitting the, around 500 at some point this week, probably is hitting in the 400s right now. Owen Miller, Owen Miller should be here replacing Yu Chang at this point. Yu Chang needs to go down, needs more regular at-bats, needs to get his confidence back, find his power. You know, we know Yu Chang has some power. He has to figure it out, how to pull the ball again. Owen Miller should be replacing him right now. Uh, Bobby Bradley, I think, had two home runs yesterday. Bobby Bradley is, you know, he has the power. Uh, boy, I feel like a, a, a old 80s cartoon, Saturday morning cartoon. Now he has the power. Um, Bobby Bradley is definitely a candidate to be called up. Uh, I think Zimmer is struggling down there. I think Nolan Jones is struggling down there, although this would, would have been a spot for Nolan Jones to get a chance. Um, yeah. So who's it going to be? Is it Oscar Mercado? Who's going to get this chance with the DH spot open? I would assume it's going to be Owen Miller or Bobby Bradley. It, it Guys have to be called up. We're playing with like two guys on our bench right now, three guys on our bench right now after Luplo goes into the game. His only choices on the bench were Yu Chang and uh, Rivera, the backup catcher. So he, had, he couldn't pinch hit for Austin Hedges yesterday, right? He had nobody on the bench to do it with. Um, so yeah, so, uh, there has to be somebody coming up today for Fermil Reyes. Anyways, back to the offense. Like I said, Josh Naylor grounds out to end the first. Uh, we get a double and a single from Ahmed Rosario and Austin Hedges. Uh, Ahmed Rosario comes in to score. That was the third run. Austin Hedges actually had himself a decent day, um, leading into this thing. Austin Hedges on the day was two for three with a walk, with an RBI and a run scored. And uh, that's right, because Hedges was the pinch runner, was the runner on second for Cesar Hernandez's walk-off home run. So that's where Hedges scores his run. But he had two for three on the day with a walk. His pop-out in the ninth inning was the out he made. Um, So Hedges drives him in. Cesar Hernandez ends it with a ground out. Uh, Nothing in the third inning. Nothing in the fourth inning ends with a ground out. Fifth inning, hey, we get Austin Hedges gets on with his walk. Ground out from Eddie Rosario ends it. Sixth inning. Now, this is where the game just really started to crush me. Started to wear down my emotions. Uh, Jordan Luplo walks. Naylor hits into a ground, into a double play to end it. Harold Ramirez singles the lead off the seventh. Okay, let's get something going. It's a 3-3 game. Bowers flies out. Ahmed Rosario grounds into a double play to end it. Two double plays to end back-to-back innings was kind of soul-crushing. Then Austin Hedges singles the lead off the eighth. Okay, come on. Let's put something together in the eighth, and we'll go win it in the ninth. Cesar Hernandez grounds into a double play this time. Eddie Rosario singles, and then Jose Ramirez grounds out a force out to end it. So ground balls were just killing the Indians' offense yesterday. And then finally, in that ninth inning, I got to give Underwood credit. Because listening to the TV broadcast, Underwood was really, really over hyping up. I wouldn't say overhyping. It was an exciting ninth inning. Hyping up that ninth inning. He was really trying to sell the moment. And it was a big moment. Josh Naylor walks. After a Luplo ground out, who Luplo came in for, uh, for Fermil Reyes, Luplo would have probably been your pinch hitter for Austin Hedges there in this situation. Luplo grounds out. Uh, after working a full count, and uh, the pitcher who was pitching for them in the ninth inning, um, Robles was really wild. Uh, 
really wild. He had really had trouble throwing strikes. Let's see here. How many pitches did he throw? 27 pitches, only 12 strikes for Robles. So uh, he walks Josh Naylor. Harold Ramirez hits a double off the base of the wall that Naylor gets a terrible read on. Uh, uh, They showed a close-up of Harold Ramirez. He's screaming, run. He's screaming, run at him. Josh Naylor should have been able to score from first if he would have just broke on the ball, if he just would have gone and read that it was going to be a double off the wall. Instead, he gets held up at third. Jake Bowers, of course, strikes out with the pressure on. A man on third, one out. There are so many ways for that run to score. So many ways. Just get the ball in the outfield. Uh, And uh, he can't do it. He strikes out. He gets blown away. Ahmed Rosario then gets the unintentional, intentional walk. They pitch around him to put the force everywhere, load the bases for Austin Hedges. Who battles? I don't take anything away from Austin Hedges here. He battled, but he ends up popping out to the infield to end the threat. And Underwood had one smart comment in this inning where he said the beauty of baseball, the great thing about baseball is that it builds to moments like this. The Every pitch you were, could, if it's possible, you were more on your feet than you were for the last pitch, right? It, every pitch built, every pitch felt bigger than the pitch before it. The anticipation, the excitement in the stadium, there was a good crowd on hand. They were all pumped up for that ninth inning. They were all on their feet, and you could just feel the energy and the excitement build with each pitch. It's something the other sports don't have. Yes, a two-minute drill in football is exciting, but you always have in the back of your mind this clock management thing. Get the ball out of bounds. Are they going to be able to call a timeout? Get to the line and spike it. I think that's the only... The only thing that matches, like, you, uh, because if you spike the ball with, like, four seconds left, right, and you get to call one last play, you get that excitement. But it's not the same as baseball, where each pitch, you have time to think about it, to think about the situation. Each pitch builds on itself. Basketball, obviously, you get into fouls late in a game. It just doesn't have that same excitement. A shootout in hockey Probably is the best comparison, right? Because each time a skater comes on the ice, there's that excitement, that anticipation of what move are they going to do with a backhand, forehand? Where are they going to go with it? They're going to go glove side, stick side. And yes, most of my knowledge of hockey comes from the movie Mighty Ducks. But uh, that's probably the only thing that compares. I mean, you you can have a penalty kick in soccer too. Uh, but yeah, this thing in baseball, when the ninth inning, bases loaded, full count, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And as much as I'm pissed at Austin Hedges for blowing the moment, uh, it doesn't get any better than that. So, uh, Karachek dominant in that 10th inning, uh, and then Cesar Hernandez, second pitch, he squares to bunt, he shows bunt, because that makes sense for the home team, right? You get out of the 10th inning not giving up a run. You got a runner at second. You bunt him over to third. You got one out runner at third, and there's so many ways for that guy to score. Uh, so it makes sense. Cesar Hernandez is a decent bunter. It brings up better hitters behind him. And uh, he squares the bunt on that first pitch, shows bunt, decides to swing away on that second one, and rattles one off the the corner, the little cutout reverse L shape 
in the wall there in right field where the wall rose up just a little bit to protect the old visitor's bullpen. Remember when the bullpens used to be separate, it went a little bit higher there on the wall to protect that old bullpen. And it kind of rattles into that corner of the wall there for a home run. 107.4 mile per hour exit velocity, 22 degree launch angle, 347 feet, the kind of home run you would expect from Cesar Hernandez. A line drive home run, 920 expected batting average. And you know what? Absolutely, you walk it off, you are MVP for the day. Cesar Hernandez, MVP for the day. Uh, the total on the day, he was two. Uh, I'm sorry, that was a rise. Uh, let's flip back over to the Indians. He was one for five. It was his only hit on the day. The two RBIs, the one run scored. It's the only thing he did on the day offensively, and it was what we needed. So uh, what else went on in this game? What other storylines were there? I thought I was going to have all this time this morning to do a whole 40 games into the season breakdown. That ain't happening. This morning has turned insane. I got to be out the door by like 7.30 this morning, so we are really going to cook through this. Uh, Shane Bieber yesterday, not his sharpest. Like I said, the five and a third, and Bieber is, when you look at his season stats, there are some things he is struggling with this year. He is not as sharp as he has been in years past. I mean, he's almost caught up to his starts from 2020. That's insane. That's how quick the 2020 season was. We're almost there. He's had 10 starts. He only had 12 starts in that 2020 season. Obviously, 8-1, he was dominating. His strikeout rate is down a little bit, but he's still leading the league in strikeouts. So his strikeout rate last year was 14.2. He's down to 13.57. The walk rate is the highest it's ever been in his career, and that's alarming. Uh, In his first two seasons, it was under 2. It was 2.44 last year. It's up to 3.18 now on the season, and we're over on Fangraphs looking at these season metrics. This one is insane. The BAPIP, the batting average balls in play, it's up to 3.54 on the season, up from 2.67 last year. So even when he was letting guys hit the ball last year, they were making outs. This year, not so much. And in fact, if I jump over to his game logs, his bat bit from his last five starts have all been over 400. Going back to the start on April 30th, his bat bit against Chicago that day was 467. Against Kansas City on the 5th, 500 batting average balls in play. Against the Cubs, 471. Against Seattle, 417 and against Minnesota 467. This is batting average balls in play. This should not be this high. That means that guys are, I don't know, finding gaps, hitting it over the outfielders' heads, shooting it through the holes on the infield. This this stat shows number one luck and maybe the fact uh you know guys aren't missing his pitches right now as much as we're used to seeing. The other thing is the ground ball rate is down. So I think that might have a little bit to do with the bat bit. Last year, he was at 48.4% ground balls. This year, he's down to 39.5% ground balls. Some other things look similar. Uh, The home runs per fly ball, so it's not giving up more home runs. He's giving up a little bit more hard hit balls uh, this year. Um, He's up to 44.1%, but he was at 43.1%. He's definitely giving up more barrels. He's at 10.5% barrels, 
where he was at 7.2. Remember, barrels is a combination of exit velocity and launch angle. I mean, you're basically looking at home runs, doubles off the wall. So you've got to have the launch angle in there too. He's already given up 16 barrels on the season. Last year, he'd only given up 11 the entire 2020 season, shortened season. So yeah, so he was at 7.2% last year. He's up to 10.5%. So with the bat bip, and his whip is high. His whip is up to 1.26. Last year, it was 0.87. So, yeah, so there are definitely some things going on with Shane Bieber where he is not as sharp as he was last year. And, in fact, you can make an argument that Savali is the best starter on the Indians right now. His whip is at 1.02. Um, looking at the MLB total rankings, because this was something I, I did want to get into, Um Leading the league in wins, by the way, is Jack Flaherty, who's 8-0 and in nine starts. That is insane. Savali is second in baseball in wins at 6-1. and one. Um, Cole also has six wins. Kershaw also has six wins. Petit from Oakland also has six wins. Trevor Rogers in Miami has six wins. And Julio Urias from the Dodgers has six wins. Uh, Trevor Bauer comes in with five wins. So, yeah, so uh, Aaron Savali is up there in wins. Uh, as far as ERA goes... Uh, no Indian starter is in the top 25 in baseball when it comes to ERA. If I look just in the American League, Savali and Bieber come in 10th and 11th. Savali's at 3.30, Bieber's at 3.32. Uh, Bieber does have one more start on Savali. Now, if we go to strikeouts, Shane Bieber is still dominating start strikeouts. He's up to 98 strikeouts. The next close is Garrett Cole at 92. And Tyler Glass now at Tampa Bay at 87. They they are the only ones in, uh, I'm sorry, that's the American League. Let's go over to the MLB. They were the only ones in the American League. In MLB, it's Bieber at 98, Cole at 92, Trevor Bauer at 88. You know Bauer wants to catch Bieber. I don't know if he could do it. Glass now at 87. Those are the four guys kind of pacing baseball. They all have 10 starts. Um, Scherzer and Musgrove are right behind it, but they only have nine starts. So we'll see after their 10th start where they're at. I don't think they'll catch Shane Bieber. He is still pacing baseball when it comes to strikeouts. But whip, he's not in the top 25. The only uh, Indians in the top 25, Plesak, is at a 0.98 whip. He comes in at 16th in baseball. And uh, Savali comes in at 21st with his 1.02. I got to flip to the second page of players to find... Uh, Shane Bieber, who comes in at 49th in baseball. Corey Kluber has a better whip and ERA than Shane Bieber does right now. Kluber's at a 2.86 ERA and a 1.17 whip. So yeah, Bieber is not. I mean, does he probably make the all-star team on strikeouts alone? Yeah, at this point. He's still Shane Bieber, but uh, yeah, some of those season stats. Now, it's a marathon again, not a sprint. So we'll see how these things stretch out uh, over time. All right, the last thing I want to talk about is uh, Cesar Hernandez, the walk-off hit. One last detail is that going over to baseball reference, Cesar Hernandez has never in his career hit a home run in extra innings. In fact, he's never had an extra base hit in extra innings. He's 10 for 54 at bats, 65 plate appearances. He's only hitting 185 in extra innings. With a, uh, a 508 OPS, 
yeah, he's never had an extra base hit in extra innings before that walk-off home run. Now, that's not to say I don't know if he's ever had a walk-off before. He's had one home run in the ninth inning, uh, two triples and ten doubles. So he has had some hits in the ninth inning. And uh, in high-leverage situations, so there's this leverage metric on um, baseball reference, and it's about changing the win probability of a game. So if you change the win probability more than like one uh, well, God, the metric is very confusing, but just know that there's high leverage, medium leverage, and low leverage situations based on how much you could possibly swing the win probability. And in high leverage situations, he's actually a 295 hitter with a 778 OPS. He's better in high leverage situations than medium or low leverage situations when it comes to both batting average and OPS. So I don't know if any of those were walk-offs, but I can tell you he's never done it in extra innings. He's never hit a walk-off home run in extra innings before. So a first time for everything for Cesar Hernandez there. All right, I got to get out of here. That's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from Cleveland. It's the Indians 5, the Minnesota Twins 3. Coming up today, 1 o'clock game, it's going to be J-Hap going against Plesak. And uh, we'll see what Plesak can do to win this series. All right. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at ClevelandBaseballMornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash ClevelandBaseballMornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts. We'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. I appreciate you understanding the fact that today's episode was an absolute sprint from beginning to end. I got to get out of here. Thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning.